0: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Counting on Chazen. This is a wonderful series that Chazen and Company has created to help nonprofits achieve their mission, vision and values, with understanding the implications of accounting a little bit more. Today, we're really excited because we have Michelle Jilek, CPA, one of the wonderful brain trusts, if you don't mind me calling you that, of Chazen yes. and Company, back to talk with us And we're going to be talking about something that everybody's really, really buzzing about right now. And that is tracking grant activity and how that can make you more successful with your funders. And, you know, Michelle, this is one of those hot buttons that it just seems because of the pandemic and the way things have kind of moved through grants are just popping up everywhere. Have you noticed that?
1: I have noticed that there are a lot more opportunities available to nonprofits, particularly our small and mid-sized nonprofits and grant reporting can be a little intimidating.
0: It really can. And that's why we're so excited to have you back on to kind of help us navigate this big topic, because the reality is we chase money, right? I think we see these grant applications and we're like, oh my gosh you know we would be a perfect fit and we get all excited then we wait on pins and needles to get that grant award and then we're like Phew, okay we did it but i think you're going to tell us that no this is just the start so where do we start we won that award what are some of the first steps
1: Sure. So once we've won the award, we need to look at what are we going to be required to report and how do we track that in our accounting system to have accurate information on a timely basis to report to our grantors and to report to our board and management as they're, you know, reviewing our progress within the grant. So I think it requires some upfront planning, looking at that grant Agreement determining the requirements and then the frequency of reporting, and then setting up our accounting system to provide us that information. And if we do that up front, it will be much easier than if we wait until the report is
0: due. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And you said something really magical right there. I, I think a lot of what I have thought about is that this is external but you slipped it in there that this is internal as well. So that we're not just reporting back out to the funder, but to our board and to management. I really, I think that's an interesting thing because as you note, I mean, some of these grants go on for years. And so you might have a change of staff, certainly a board leadership. Um, It kind of gives me a different sensibility when we're talking about this. So let me ask you this next question aren't grant reports all the same?
1: Well, actually, they're not. It depends on the the funder and the funder's requirements. So we see a lot of our foundation grants that may give us a lump sum up front. And then at the end, we report back on how we spent the money. And it could be a three-year program. It could require reporting every six months. There are a lot of new federal dollars out there that are coming from the federal government directly and from the state governments, and those are usually cost reimbursement and require monthly reporting. So we need to be prepared for the level of detail those particular reports
0: require as well. Really interesting tracking that cash flow, which is the bane of everyone's mm-hmm. existence in the nonprofit sector, and pro- and I should say the for-profit <laughs> sector too. But I really, right. appreciate, yeah, how, I appreciate how you. highlight that difference because um, it really does speak to what we're doing internally. And one of those things that I want to get you to drill down with us a little bit more is in our reporting, how we can be tracking these things. And if you can help us understand something you're calling dimension account coding. That sounds awfully serious.
1: It sounds serious, but it's really not... But we need to figure out what accounting system we're using and and how we can track those particular grant activities, the receipts and disbursements within that system. So if we're using a a robust system like an intact, we would use a project code, which is a dimension. If we're using uh, a robust system like an MIP or Great Plains, we use a cost center. Again, that's just a dimension for tracking, but we can pull reports by that dimension code to determine what we've received and what we've spent um, to prepare those grant reports. And if we're a small nonprofit and we're using QuickBooks, there are some simple ways we can track dimensionally as well. At Chazen, we like to use the class dimension. If we're a small nonprofit and we have three or four grants, it's easy to use class and we can generate a statement of activity by class that we can even pull into Excel to, um, you know, manipulate the numbers for our specific grant report, but we've got our statement of activity there by class and available to us in real time.
0: Wow, an amazing. I'm thinking about all this information that will help you as a nonprofit be a better steward of those funds, but also be in a better relationship with your funder because you can give them such specific information, right? I mean, it seems like you can actually, um, just like I said, be a better partner in this process.
1: Sure. And your funders want to know that you're tracking their dollars each of their dollars and some funders have some very specific requirements for example I know here in the state of Tennessee if you have a state grant you not only have to provide a copy of each invoice for each expense you have to provide your payment method. so it's the front and back of your canceled check or it's the ACH verification from bill.com and it's much easier if we're accumulating that data and tracking within the system even pulling down and saving that on our shared drive to have available when we're ready to, to submit that grant report and generally that's monthly. So that could be a lot of work at the end of a month or if we fall behind the end of a six week period and we're waiting on our funding until we've submitted that report and that it's been approved. So
0: we definitely wanna be ahead of it. Okay, this is a curveball. But okay. just that you and you're good at this, <laughs> but I'm curious and I don't know if you have an answer for this, but I'm amazed what you just said, that's a heck of a lot of work mm-hmm. and those have real costs. Can we ever build that that cost of performance into this grant process or is that something that we just have to move over into operations and just say cost of doing business?
1: Well, it depends on the grant because often our grants, particularly state and federal, allow us to apply for an indirect cost rate. So federal grants has what we abbreviate as a NICRA, which is our indirect cost rate. That is something that you have to have certified every, I think, three years. Um, but it, it is allowing us that indirect cost associated with uh Overseeing those grants. And so for example, it might be that you determine it's 17%. So we don't want to leave that 17% on the table. Yeah. We want to get that from the grantor.
0: Okay, so a couple things. We actually have another episode of Counting on Chasen just about NICRA. So I want to <laughs> I, I kind of want to plug that if you want, if you will. Um and I think that's fascinating about that aspect of leaving that those funds um, or the ability to use that that money on the table. That's a really interesting concept because I bet that happens a lot that we don't <laughs> we don't right. really, really monitor it correctly. I mean, is that fair to say
1: it is fair to say? And we don't want to leave that money on the table or we don't want to have to pull other dollars to support those operating costs that we could get covered by grant funds again if we're chasing dollars and that's our motive as a grant manager we want to have accurate information to get the most dollars we're eligible for
0: right okay now so you've talked about a lot of sophistication um understanding that the 1.8 million nonprofits in our country are all different sizes all different capacities some have internal you know robust accounting and finance departments, probably the majority don't. And we're working with uh, providers like you all at Chasen and Company. I got to ask, could we just do all this on a spreadsheet? And would that be easier?
1: Well, I'm an accountant, so I love spreadsheets, but no. (laughs) (laughs) And I say no, because I think it opens us up to more errors. Okay. and leaving that money on the table because we could miss an expense where if we've been coding everything correctly in our system yeah. and again if we need uh, some of our funders may require very high level reporting that is is not as detailed as our accounting system but we can pull that data into excel from our accounting system and sum it. Right. and we've still got more we don't miss an expense that way or we don't miss realizing that we already requested that reimbursement. So we want Excel is not going to be our most accurate method even if we do need to pull a report into Excel to come up with that those total maybe our grantor only requires three categories of reporting expenses but we have 20 natural accounts that make up those three categories. we can just pull that report into Excel and sum it and that takes
0: about five minutes. Wow. You know, it's it's interesting too because listening to you today, I'm thinking that um, the more you do this, and the more you understand, the easier it's going to get, or maybe not easier, but more efficient. And you're going to understand what your team has to do if you're contracting with outside providers. But talk about the frequency of this. I mean, you mentioned that some. Funders are gonna want something every month. Some are gonna want things at the end of the year. What are you seeing, Chasen and Company, what are some of these frequency requirements that are more realistic?
1: Honestly, it depends on the type of grantor. So federal and state are going to be monthly in their cost reimbursement. Okay. And I think that's what intimidates folks the most is that frequency and how do we get this data. It's, but if we set up our system correctly, it's not that tough. Most of our foundations are more annual reporting and and those are generally big dollars as well, but that's uh, still needs to be very accurate. And one thing we didn't talk about, Julia, was the project module in QuickBooks because what we're finding is that some of these foundation grants may be multi-year. I may receive a three-year grant and I need to report perhaps annually But at the end of that grant, I need to have my three-year report. And if I've thought about that in advance, I can set up the project module in QuickBooks. And again, it's a cost accounting module, so it follows the life of the project, not just your fiscal year. So we can pull that reporting out over the life of the project as well, and it makes that reporting a little bit simpler.
0: I love that you brought that up in relationship to these reporting modules, because I've got to tell you right now in the nonprofit sector, just from an HR lens, three years seems like thirty years.
1: Right.
0: I, I mean, look at Michelle. How we have all been talking mm-hmm. um, across our sector about the movement with our staff. I mean, think about having a three-year funding project. You know, you're going to have changes in your in your programming staff, your accounting staff, your bookkeeping staff. I've got to believe this project tracking has to become really tight and and really well managed up front so that you can weather those storms.
1: Yes, and, and really having that good data from the start will help each new person coming in have information behind the numbers. What was being charged to the grant, what types of expenses, we can look at that and and folks can have that multi year reporting that's needed.
0: Wow. I appreciate you bringing that up because that's just another one of those layers in this whole process that, um, again, can be kind of daunting um, and might make you want to turn away from an opportunity just because it seems too hard to manage. The next thing I want to ask your feedback on, because we've been talking numbers and, and um, accounting software and tracking and all that, mm-hmm. But I want to kind of go back to another piece, and sometimes we call it the story, storytelling, Mm -hmm. the narrative. And I'm wondering if you could kind of share with us if that's appropriate, how that looks, and what are some of the things that we might track in that narrative?
1: Well, most of your grantors are interested in the narrative, particularly those big foundation grants, but we can use the numbers to write that story or to help tell that story. There are going to be numbers, for example, if you have a summer reading program, how many dollars did I spend per child on books versus how many dollars did I spend per child on tutors? How many children did I teach to read and what did that cost? Or maybe I can need to explain to my grantor how many dollars I spent on each region and what my outcomes were. So we can use the dollars to tell that narrative and and to, to support that, that narrative that we're going to write to explain how we use the money.
0: I love that. And, you know, when you're talking about this right now, um, I almost feel like that could be pulled out and put somewhere in your communications plan. I mean it that becomes great content for use in other ways. I mean so it shouldn't just be Sure, you could huge. use that on your
1: website yeah. even. That's it's interesting information to have available to other funders and and to potential just donors of unrestricted grants as well to know who you're helping and how and what the dollars are going toward.
0: Well, and I got to believe that, um, you know, there are a lot of foundations and there are a lot of funders that they want the community to know their work. Right. And so it's a great marketing communication piece for that relationship as well. You know, there's, there's no reason why you shouldn't be promoting that partnership. I mean, if you ask me, I think that's one of those magical pieces that creates a really strong relationship going forward so that as you build that relationship, you have more funding opportunities or perhaps a funding opportunity that's created for your organization that, that wasn't part of what you actually even had thought of. So Right. Sure.
1: And there are donors who require that you publish that information. Uh, for example, United Way funded partners have to include that on their website that they're a united way funded partner um, and there are a number of large foundations who also ask for that um recognition because they want their donors to know where their dollars are going right. as well
0: yeah it's all part of that um you know relationship piece you know i know this is not an accounting term but <laughs> we call it you know the ror the return on relationship. Sure. Uh, It should be an accounting term. We all know ROI and return on investment. But that ROR, I think we need to be talking about that more. And I think this is um, part of that discussion. You know, I want to end our time together. Um, You said something at the get go. And I think I want to revisit this because it's pretty profound. But you gave us this idea that if we make these investments up front, we're gonna be better off in the long run. If it's a short term grant, if it's large, small, it needs. It seems like it needs to be done upfront.
1: Sure, we need to do that pre-planning and we need to recognize that our grantor wants certain information from us. And if we have set up our system and we've worked with our accounts and we have a number of clients we do this with, we say, hey, send us that grant agreement as soon as it's signed and we'll help you get it set up. And that's an important piece is being able to do that reporting. So we want to understand what you can spend the money on. So we help you maximize that information available to your grantor.
0: Well, that was going to be kind of my follow up question. Was <laughs> how much of that is on us or is it OK to say, look, you know, accounting provider, mm-hmm. can you read this document? Can you figure this out and help us um, deal on this? Because it's so sophisticated. And it seems to me, Michelle, that if you don't start out right, you're going to be spending a lot of time and money and heartache and maybe even damaging your relationship with your grant funder by having to make corrections. I mean, right? It's not that leisure
1: we never want to amend a grant report. (laughs) We want to get it right the first time. And I know grant reporting can be very intimidating. I don't see it that way because I've done it for a very long time, but also because I've worked with a number of organizations and it's really about that upfront communication with your accounting team, Um, whether it's your outsourced accountant like us or whether it's your in-house accountant, it's that upfront communication and let the accountants do the, the legwork on how to report that correctly.
0: I am so fascinated by this because, you know, we don't talk enough about this. We we talk about finding grant writers and we, we talk about, you know, understanding the grant application process. And I know, you know, with the American Nonprofit Academy, we kind of run um, that number that says you're only going to win about 30% of what you apply for on a national average. And some are a lot higher and some are a lot lower, but... In, when you're looking at all of the, this work that you have to do just to get 30% of those mm-hmm. to win 30% of those grants that you submit, that can be pretty frustrating. So then you're lopping on top of that, these reporting pieces. I think people just let that, you know, kind of filter down to the bottom.
1: Right. I think it's, it's exciting to get that funding, but then we get really intimidated at the end of the year when we have to file that report and we didn't plan in advance so i think that's where just be an upfront partner with your accounting team and once you receive that award hand it to the accounting team to say hey now what
0: right right and <laughs> how do we track it yeah and to your point start out make these investments up front mm-hmm. so that as you're moving through to to finishing up Because the bottom line is, you're going to be on to the next grant process or grant cycle or relationship. I mean, this is something, it's not a one and done. You know, you're going to keep moving forward. So you have to have these things situated. Well, Michelle Jellick, you've been amazing. I always learn something from you, as I have with all of your other specialists and and accounting providers at Chasen & Company. Um, really interesting information that kind of helps me understand and I think our viewers understand how the grant process can really work and function in a, in a more, I would say healthy and, and less stressful way. You have been a marvel to have on today another episode of Counting on Chazen. We have a lot of uh, information. We have a lot of these episodes that you can... Go on to CountingOnChason.com or ChasonAndCompany.com and learn more tips and insider views about how accounting really, truly impacts your nonprofit. Michelle, thank you so much. Thank you, Julia.